it's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. We have NBA, uh, excuse me, NFL news. The NCAA's top six all fall. A great day in California for NASCAR. A little bit of baseball talk, including some fantasy baseball rankings for you. All that and more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into the Sports Store Podcast. I'm your host, Good Looking, and here's what's cooking. Uh, no, I'm Vince, and I'm joined by my dad, Dale Stover, today. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Glad to be here. Good to have you here on a Monday episode of the Sports Stove. we got a lot of things going on. Uh, today's episode is presented by Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live. We're going to give you a segment of yesterday's show uh, here in just a few minutes. Uh, breaking down the rankings of first baseman and third baseman. But you can catch Belly Up Fantasy Baseball live every Sunday, 8 p.m. on Belly Up Fantasy's Facebook and Twitter pages, as well as on Tiki Live on your streaming television or the Belly Up Sports TV network on your Roku uh, channel as well. So plenty of places to find it. Kevin Wilson, myself, we've had uh, Belly, Up Fan- uh, Belly Up Baseball Director Dan D'Amico on the last two weeks as well. Uh, good conversation this past, this this last episode especially. So make sure you tune into that. You can also find the podcast, Belly Up Fantasy Baseball, live on Spreaker and Spotify if you'd like to listen to that as well. All right, Dad, let's get right into it. The NFL had some breaking news uh, that, uh, yesterday, I guess, Sunday. Uh, Ali Marpet retires at the age 28 following his first All-Pro season. Uh, many consider him to be the best offensive lineman in Tampa and a 28 year old walking away from football for, you know, wanting to protect his health. What are your thoughts on Ali Marpet's, uh, early retirement? Well, it's a little surprising, but again, we're seeing more of this guys are concerned about, um, their health from there. Uh, when they look at guys that, you know, back in the day, especially that played for a long time and some of the health problems, I think also, you know, guys, they're making a lot more money now. And so I think if they're in the league, and I think he's been in the league, what, seven years, nine years, I read something like that. Um, You know, financially, I don't think it's a deal. I mean, you know, some people always want more, but I think financially they're in a position where they can, especially if they've got something else lined up that they're going to do. And, you know, when you win a Super Bowl, that's what you're after. And uh, I think, I mean, again, I don't think Tampa's going to be what Tampa's been the last two years now for a few more years. And uh, you're an offensive lineman. Hey, it probably makes some sense. Yeah, it's interesting. That's some some good points. Uh, you know, we see we saw Andrew Luck do this. Patrick Willis stepped away a little earlier than most people would um, as well. Uh, you're right. He's not blocking for Tom Brady anymore. Uh, he doesn't know who he's going to be blocking for at this point. But he makes the decision, and you can't fault a guy for making a personal decision to walk away. 
uh, take care of himself. And, you know, you're right. He's got, he's got a good chunk of change, although he probably could have gotten one more contract and gotten a whole bunch more considering how he's been playing. Um, but his, his career's not going to go up really at this point. Uh, he's been an all pro. He's been a Super Bowl champ. And, uh, you know, I guess get away, live your life. Uh, maybe he's got some business adventures there planned out already as well and to make continue to make some money and and uh, live the good life, I guess. At 28, man, if I could retire, if I could have retired at 28, that would <laughs> been pretty awesome. But uh, nonetheless, um, an interesting, interesting bit of news for sure. Something else that's been talked about a lot this past week was the uh, possibility of Troy Aikman, who's a free agent uh, in the media world, uh, looks like he's going to get a massive deal at ESPN to go and do Monday Night Football. Joe Buck could join him, but at this point, we're talking about just Troy Aikman. And Dad, we've watched the um, the growth of the media, the the importance of who's calling the games, how that draws the crowd, the guys people like. Aikman, you know, there's there's a mixed bag on him as far as people who like him and people who don't like him. Um, you think this would be a good get for ESPN and Monday Night Football? Uh, I think so. I mean, it, it'd be a, a big name for sure, you know, depending exactly who they pair up with him um, there. Again, he worked real well with Joe Buck, and I think that worked well. Um, but, you know, every few years, you know, um, you have a shakeup now with announcers. People uh, jump to other networks. Of course, part of it's been, you know, when Fox started up, then they pulled people and whatever uh, there. Of course, NBC, um, you know, they've kind of got, you know, um, the, the guy coming in for Al Michaels pretty well set. And they're going to be like Tarico, They're going to do real well. Um, you know, him and Collingsworth together. So I, I do think, um, especially ESPN is probably not, has not been as competitive with their announcing teams um, as other networks have been. So they, they want to do something. I don't know if Aikman's totally the answer, but it'll definitely give them a big name. ESPN did a thing this year with the Manning cast for a number of their games. And I, I saw different people say, you know, they would go back and forth between the game and the Manning cast. And then other people who absolutely loved the Manning cast, people who didn't like the Manning cast. I personally was a huge fan of the Manning cast. Thought it was a great, great way to watch football. Um, you know, if you bring in Troy Aikman, isn't part of the deal is we're not going to take away viewership. Like we're not doing the Manning cast because we've got Troy Aikman. Or do you think they still try to do something like the Manning cast or do it with somebody else or whatever it may be, plus still doing the regular game with Troy Aikman? I think they'd still do the regular game with Troy Aikman. I think there's people, again, I mean, I think the Mannings added a lot to it. Um, you know, um, but again, if you're really trying to follow the football game, um, you know, you wanted to watch the other, um, you know, the other announcers. And I think there was such a disparity there. I wondered if the Manning thing was a little bit of an experiment that they might just change to that altogether, have them, you know, do Monday night football, but do it more like they were doing it they would have to do a little bit more with the game no doubt about that but i i just kind of wondered um i'm sure it was some kind of experiment i'm not sure exactly you know behind it and i've not heard a whole lot i assume they'll continue the thing with the mannings of course they weren't every game um this year and they brought on a lot of interesting people 
with them. So, um, but no, I, I, I don't think, um, I don't think that would necessarily mean they wouldn't because I, I'm sure ESPN didn't hurt by having, having them both on there probably was better on ESPN too than what they would have had, you know, what was going on opposite the game. Anyhow, the thing that hurt was the guys they hired to do Monday night football because yeah. all of a sudden they're competing with themselves. They're competing against somebody else in their company and Manning, you know, he had total control over that broadcast. And was able, you know, that was the deal. I can do what I want, how I want. They let him do it wisely. Let him do it, by the way, I think. Um, but it really hurt the other guys. And I think it it just kind of, I think ESPN knew that they didn't have a team uh, calling Monday Night Football that was going to demand people to watch. Hence, the Manning cast was good for ESPN as well. But Troy Aikman coming over, you got to put somebody with him. If it's not, if Joe Buck doesn't come too, you got to find someone that makes sense over there. And they've had, you know, guys that could do that job and and sit back and let Aikman do his thing. But I don't know how much Aikman wants to change, how much he's going to be willing to put up with somebody he's not worked with before. And uh, that could be an interesting transition to see. The other thing I've heard, Dad, is that uh, the, re- the replacement for Aikman uh, could be Sean Payton, former uh, New Orleans Saints head coach. Uh, do you see that as being a possibly a good fit or do you think they just, you know, bring up something? Greg Olson had called games last year, the former tight end. I thought he was really good. Uh, but I'm not sure if he's a guy that brings in people either. So I don't know your thoughts on Sean Payton, possibly going to that, that role or somebody else. Well, I think, I think you're right. Olson did do really well. Um, no doubt about it, but yeah, Sean Payton would be a, a, a guy to at least try there and see if he can develop into it. Of course, in all honesty, Aikman developed into it. I don't think he was really good at all when he started out, but that developed. And so, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think Sean Payton could, um, another variable in this you keep hearing about is Al Michaels is Al Michaels, you know, what's he going to want to do? Is he going to want to do Thursday nights? Is he's going to want to work much at all. Uh, I've heard ESPN's tried to get him some too. Um, and of course, anybody you pair him with, uh, when you have him on, not only are you going to draw, but you're going to draw because he does an excellent job. Um, I just don't think he wants to maybe probably be on every week, um, you know, on announcer now like he was, but um, it, that one will be interesting to see where that shakes up. But yeah, I did hear about Sean Payton and um, I think, I think he'd be a good one to try, you know, exactly where would it work. Um, and I think he could do real well. Yeah. I mean, if you could get Al Michaels and Troy Aikman, that's going to be a draw for sure. But I would think that if Al Michaels still wanted to call every week, I think he'd still be at NBC. I don't think they would have let him, let him walk away. Uh, I like Tariko. I think he'll do great on NBC does great on NBC, <clears throat> but uh, you know, and, I, and I, I'm okay with Collinsworth. I was okay with Buck and Aikman as well. Uh, I'm okay with the top guys, Nance and, and Romo on CBS. I don't have any issues with those guys. Uh, I think they all do a really good job at what they do. And I think people who get mad about Troy Aikman just didn't like Troy Aikman. I don't think it was an issue of actually what he was calling. Same thing with Chris Collinsworth. I think people might mock Chris Collinsworth. I think Chris Collinsworth does a pretty good job on NBC and uh, don't mind listening to any of those guys. Be interested to see how those pairings shake out when it's all. Said An interesting thing too. Um, I don't know, you know, if NBC's got a hold on him, but a guy that I, young guy, I think has done well as Collinsworth's son. 
Yeah. Um, I think he's come along real well. And I think he's definitely going to move up into business somewhere down the line. And he might be a, a guy someone would look at again. I, I don't know. I assume he could go to, you know, any network from there. But uh, I think he's done real well. I would be shocked if they if NBC doesn't have some kind of hold on him. And I think that him and his dad working together at the same spot's a pretty cool deal. And maybe even they're trying to work it out where eventually he's doing what Tarico's doing and Collinsworth is there as play by play. I don't know. Or not play by play, it's color. Him doing play by play. I'm not sure if that's what he wants to do or anything like that, but I think his future's probably in the hands uh, of NBC at the moment, at the very least. Uh, but you're right, he's done a good job. He's done a good job for sure. Let's transition over to college basketball, Dad. We've got the top six teams in the nation all go down on the exact same day. That's unheard of. Never happened before. Um, Going to be a while probably before it happens again. We talked about the conspiracies behind Duke getting good seedings in the NCAA tournament. Well, now the door's wide open for Duke, uh, for sure, especially if they end up winning the ACC. Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Purdue, Kansas, and Kentucky all go down on Saturday. Have you seen anything like that before? No, no, that that was amazing that they all went down at the same time. But like I said, we've we've talked here on the podcast that you know it's really wide open this year. There's a lot of people. It's going to be a great, exciting tournament. I think the conference tournaments will be more interesting because of that. Usually, I didn't get as excited about them because the number one seed. You know whether they won or won or didn't win the conference tournament, they weren't gonna. That wasn't gonna change a whole lot with their rankings this year. That could be very interesting. Um, somebody going down early could drop them. Um, you know, not out of the tournament, but definitely could drop them down in the seeding. And the seeding is going to be super interesting. Um, you know, there's always a lot of controversy over that anyhow. And I think the committee is going to have an interesting time with how, how they set the brackets up. But yeah, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, we got one week left here, um, how the rankings change this week. Obviously, Duke's going to move up. Baylor will move up. Arkansas will move up. Um, but, you know, how far the teams that lost, how much are they going to drop? Um, you know, a couple teams lost to unranked teams or teams that weren't ranked very high. Um, you know, some that wasn't the case. Um, and you even had what Texas Tech lost. I mean, there were several. Duke was about the one team that survived in the top 10 there. So um, it, uh, to me, it'll be interesting to see where the rankings are Um this week and of course these last two games before the regular season um probably pretty big for all of them it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. I mean, you know, it's, an inter- it's a very good year in, in college basketball, and I think it's going to continue um, to be that way. And it'll, it'll just be interesting um, as it winds down. Again, you know, you got a few teams, um, even some of the ones of St. Mary's that are ranked low that won. Um, you got Murray that's not ranked real high, but again, they continue to win. So it, it the rankings will be good this week, I think. 
All right. Looks like Vince having a, a, a little bit of technical issue there. So we'll just kind of continue along again. It's easy for me to talk college basketball because March Madness is one of my favorite times uh, of the year. I, I enjoy a lot about NFL and NFL draft and things like that. But March Madness, um, I remember before, you know, the days with computers and brackets every every year, getting out the old um, paper and writing up the brackets and writing them down as fast as I could as they announced uh, on Sunday afternoon, and that was always exciting. But, and of course, now the brackets, it's been great because you have people that aren't even in that much um, into sports or even into college basketball. You know, they do a bracket or do several of them. And, <coughs> excuse me. And it makes it just very interesting. More people watching it, more people paying attention. Uh, there, of course, I'm up here in Southwest Ohio right now, and they're starting to have a lot of excitement here because Dayton always hosts the first four, and it's something they have really, <clears throat> excuse me, done a great job with. And um, I know they're looking forward to seeing who they're getting in um, to that to that tournament. Also, all right, you back with us, there, Vince? Yeah, I think so. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. All right, good. I my. Uh... Internet has gone wacky on me, so hopefully we're good. We're good to go. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun craziness going on, and of course, the tournament coming up really soon as well. So it's exciting to see see all that come together. Uh, Want to hit some quick NASCAR stuff, Dad? We're gonna have to get on our. Uh, uh, we got a segment we want to share with people on fantasy baseball, but uh, NASCAR an interesting uh, route for them today. Uh, it was. Uh, sorry. Now I'm all shaken from my, my internet issues, but, uh, uh, Brett Kislowski, he wrecked two people last week and, uh, wonderfully he was wrecked this week. <laughs> I thought that was a, a, a fun, fun thing that happened there for sure. Uh, exciting to see as well. Um, then I was looking at, sorry, I'm trying to find, uh, Ooh, um, thanks for carrying that for me though. I do appreciate that. Um, then uh, Chase Elliott, he's he's racing hard today, and his own teammate comes up and runs him into the wall, and Kyle Larson, who ends up winning the race, and uh, Elliott was not happy about it. And actually, there was a point in the race where Elliott, it looks like he, uh, first of all, when um, Larson was coming up behind him, he didn't get out of his way. And then he caused a caution. He spun out, and it kind of sounded like he was spinning out on purpose because he asked the uh, – right before he spun out, he said, um, I want to make sure I saw that correctly. Did he do what I think he did? And they said, that's all that we could see. And then next thing you know, he goes spinning, nobody around him, uh, which caused the caution and then caused everybody to catch up to Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson still ends up winning uh, over Austin Dillon. Eric Jones was third. Suarez ran well was fourth, Joey Logano fifth. Um, uh, a, a fun race. I, this is, again, two weeks in a row now that I've been watching NASCAR again. It's been a few years before I got into it. I'm back, all the way back. Really enjoyed the race. Actually, one of my kids watched most of it with me today as well. He was cheering on uh, a couple guys. Of course, once the guys he was cheering wrecked out, he immediately started cheering for the winner. Oh, yeah, I want him to win. Yeah, I know I've been, been a fan of his for a long time. So, uh, nonetheless, that, that happened. But, um, uh, Dan, I know you weren't able to see the whole race this time, but uh, it seemed like pretty exciting so far this season. A good start to the NASCAR season. 
Oh, I, I think it's, yeah, it's been an excellent start to the NASCAR season. I think, um, you know, with having it being a little more wide open and uh, with the new cars and, you know, we'll see a little more as it goes, but yeah, it seems like it's regained um, a lot of, of its excitement that it had maybe a few years ago. And I know that it's hope still very popular. And um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's off to a good start. Uh, they do a good job. You know, I remember when they used to jump all over the place geographically. And now, you know, as far as travel and stuff, they do better. We got the races out west here for the next, you know, this week and in the next two weeks uh, there. And that makes a lot of sense, too. So, Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um we talked a lot, a lot about baseball at the fantasy baseball show. So I'll tell people, go take a listen to that. Uh, fan, belly up fantasy baseball. You can hear some thoughts on those things. Dad, we're going to break away real quick for a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to bring you the set about fantasy baseball ranking first and third baseman. We'll be right back after this word about the sports podcast awards. What's going on belly up sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to the belly up sports podcast network. We have some really exciting news for several Belly Up Podcast Network shows. The Sports Stove Podcast, the Rough Cut Sportscast, and here in Puckburg have all been nominated for a Sports Podcast Award. So head on over to sportspodcastawards.com and make sure to vote and make sure to vote for the Sports Stove Podcast for Best College Sports Podcast and Best News and Best News and Current Affairs Podcast. Vote for the Rough Cut for the Rough Cut Sportscast for Best American Football Podcast. And vote for here in Puckers for Best Winter Sports Podcast. Again, that website. Again, that website is podcastawards.com. Thanks for being the best. Thanks for being the best part of Belly Up Sports. We are. What they are. And we're going to start off with first base. And uh, we're going to rank our top 10 first basemen. We're going to see what uh, similarities we have, what some kind of you know differences. I'm sure there are quite a few, maybe. We're going to take a look at this. And um, we're going to start off, I guess we'll start off with my list. How about that, guys? And um, there we go. If you are ranking first baseman and don't have Vladimir Guerrero at the top of your list, you need to uh, stop right now and go back and re-educate yourself because obviously you don't know how to play fantasy baseball. All right. So especially if you're in some kind of a dynasty league or something, this is, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe you guys will come and, you know, and prove me wrong in a little while, but I don't see it happening. We're talking about a guy who's just 22 years old. Okay. And let's take a look at this. He was fifth in baseball in batting. He was tied for first in home runs and uh, tie, let's see, second in RBIs. He was third in hits. He was eighth in walks. This guy filled up every stat except for one. And that is that he struck out 110 times. That was 107th in Major League Baseball. We just talked about Joey Gallo just a minute ago. You know how many strikeouts he had? He had over 100 more strikeouts and 498 at-bats. Guerrero had 604. So this guy does it all. Only thing he doesn't do is steal bases, but you can get that from other positions. So I got him as my solid number one. I got Freddie Freeman at number two. Uh, He's not signed right now, but it doesn't really matter who he winds up signing with because he's he's got three – 
uh, seasons where he's played 158 more games in a full season. He's got it. You know, he uh, keeps the strikeouts to a minimum. His on-base percentage was 393. So almost four times out of 10, he came up, he got on base. So and then I got Matt Olson at number three. This is a guy who uh, in his last three uh, full seasons has hit 29, 36, and 39 home runs. So he, he'll give you the power. And then uh, his RBIs have gone up three full seasons in a row. And so, and he struck out 113 times. So these guys, uh, they buck the trend of all these other major leaguers. They're not striking out 190 times. They're putting the ball in play. Number four, I got Paul Goldschmidt. The, the guy, you know, he's been around forever. He's 34, but he hit uh, – Let's see, he hit 295 with 31 homers and 100 RBIs. Now, what more could you ask out of a first baseman? Uh, he, he does it all. Then I've got Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets at number five. Uh, his Ks actually went from 183 to 127. So he's learning how the strike zone works. Uh, I got Jose Abreu at number six. He's played 150 or more games in five or six full seasons, so you could just put him in your lineup. He's there every day. Then I've got Jared Walsh of the Angels. Now that uh, Pujols has moved on, you know, you could stick him at first. He'll be there. And uh, he hit 28 home runs. He also qualifies as in, in the outfield, so that's a nice plus. And then I kind of go – I noticed that these rankings really go off the rails a little bit. <laughs> I got number eight. I got Ryan Mountcastle. I didn't realize that this guy hit 33 home runs a year ago. And so the Orioles can't possibly be as terrible as they were last year. So you got to figure that he'll uh, get some more guys on base ahead of him. And then I got CJ Crone from Colorado. He plays for Colorado. So, you know, he you figure that uh, his stats will be overblown just a little bit because he plays in Colorado. But he hit 281, 28 homers, 92 RBIs a year ago. And then my number 10 guy, this is all dependent upon him being healthy. Uh, talking about Reese Hoskins, you talk about a guy that's got power potential. He's got as much as anybody in the game. He just has to be healthy. And so uh, he does know how to walk, too. He had 116 walks in 2019. He has a 360 career on base percentage, so he can put the ball in play once he, you know, actually swings the bat. So uh, that's my top ten. So uh, Vince, take it away. Boy, yeah. When I saw your list and saw Ryan Montcastle and C.J. Crow, and I thought, oh man, uh, first baseman. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a rough list. Uh, it's yeah. interesting. I, you know, I'm a firm believer. Um, if you don't get one of the top first basemen, hold out, get two or three guys. You can go through guys left. I mean, all the time you can find first basemen throughout the season that are hitting home runs, uh, that are giving you some sort of help in certain areas. I feel like there's a lot of value late with first rounders. Um, as far as not great value there, but they're, if you know, you got a guy that's injured, whatever you can find a first baseman pretty easily throughout the season. And I, you know, I've got seven of the same guys that you have on my list, um, but I have. I am surprised you left out somebody, Kevin, and we'll talk about it because they're on mine and Dan's list. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, 
But overall, I think the list is fine. Uh, you know, you're allowed to be wrong a couple of times. So we'll let, <laughs> okay, all right. We'll so. <laughs> all right. So uh, Dan, what do you think? Well, I think the top six are pretty self-explanatory for this for this year's first base class. They're unequivocally the best hitting first baseman in the league. And then Brian Mountcastle is a guy I thought about because you're right. You look at the stats, you're like, there's no way that guy hit 33 home runs, and I didn't hear about it. But then you remember that <laughs> no one talks about the Baltimore Orioles, and that's why you didn't hear about it because they're busy losing 100 10 games a season. 127 or whatever it is they are. Yeah, and, and, and C.J. Crone is a guy that had a really good season, obviously benefited from playing in Coors Field, and it'll be very interesting to see if he can keep the high batting average. His 281 batting average was well over his career batting average and I believe set a new career high. So he's a guy that could pr provide some value there at, at the number nine spot. All right, man. So uh, what do you, who do you have on your list, man? All so right. we can talk about what you have wrong. All right. Mine's right for the record. Uh, okay. But, uh, be good for you. The guy that you left out was Max Muncy, uh, your Dodgers boy. I'd like to get well, him. Uh, Vince, the only reason why I didn't put him on that list, because he's currently, we don't know if he's healthy or not. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So that's why I did not do that. Okay. Well, I agree with you on your top two. Vlad and, and Freddie Freeman is the top two guys. I'm I'm really weirdly high on the Mets this year. Um, last year they were so horrible, and there wasn't a lot of good excuse for it. And uh, Pete Alonso is a guy who's got the ability, and it's got to click eventually. So I'm kind of going high on the Mets this year. Um, so Pete Alonso, I've got him at three, Muncie at four. Uh, Jared Walsh at five, and this is another guy okay. that I might be, I might be too high on, but I like Jared Walsh a lot. And again, I think the Angels are going to have some improvement this year. The hitting around him is improving, which should help uh, help him out as well. And uh, and so I like him there. Olsen at six, he's burned me before. He's been fine. Um, when I think of Matt Olson, I don't think a top tier. And and even though his stats have been there at times, Matt Olson scares me. I think he's due for a drop at some point here soon. Jose Abreu, right there at seven. You, I think you had him at six. Goldschmidt, another guy that I just think is going to have a, have a down year. Um, St. Louis, they you know they weren't great last year. They they ended up you know making a run there at the end, but uh, you know 
he was great at, for a time uh, in Arizona. Smart move by St. Louis to get him. But I think Goldschmidt's going to start going the other direction. Then my last two is Cronworth and San Diego. He has multiple position eligibility, um, which I think boosts his value at all positions. But I understand those who don't have him up there. And Chris Bryant, where he's eligible still in most leagues, most most places as a first baseman, I'm a big Chris Bryant fan. As much as I hate the Cubs, I know he's not there anymore. Uh, huge Chris Bryant fan of what he was able to do last year. I just assume he's going to be able to find a good good landing spot this year. Teams are going to want him. He should be able to put himself in a good situation once free agency opens again and uh, and get in a good spot and I think be a really productive player. We'll talk about him again at, at the third base rankings as well. Well, just uh... – I don't have him at first base because uh, when I was looking at uh, position eligibility, I saw that he was third base and outfield. Okay. From what I saw. So yeah. you might have seen something different. I didn't see him qualified at first, so I didn't consider him as a, as a first baseman. And uh, a lot of that has to do with where he winds up to me. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, but uh, Vince, I think you're way off on, on Matt Olson because <laughs> I had him last year and, you know, and, he was a guy – he won't be able to do it this year, but he was a guy I could take a little later in the draft, and he gave huge value to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm really big on Matt Olson. So I don't see him crashing you know, to the earth like you do. So we'll have to see how about that. Being number six is so, still uh, – I'm Bush? still saying he's good being ranked number six, right? <laughs> I'm not saying he's, he's going to fall <laughs> off the face of the earth, but I just didn't think he was top three. Okay. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, not fall off, crash. That's what I had. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. Yeah. yeah, finishing at sixth would be a pretty solid finish for Matt Olson. I've got him a little higher, but I don't think anyone would be really upset if you draft Matt Olson and he finishes as the sixth best first baseman in terms of fantasy. Jake Cronenworth is a guy that is really interesting because it all the Padres have probably five or six star fielders on their team. And mm-hmm. it's, it remains to be seen if Tatis will play more right field again this year or more maybe plays more DH to to help him stay on the field more. But you're right, Vince. Cronenworth is a guy that you can play at first. You can play him at second. I'm pretty sure you can play him at third, too. And he mm-hmm. gives you solid hitting stats no matter where he's playing. So he's a guy that no matter where you put him, you leave him there. If he's starting, he'll give he'll probably give you a he'll probably give you a hit. And depending on where he where he's hitting, he'll probably give you a couple runs too in a with a loaded lineup behind him. Yeah. Dan, I want right. to talk on Jared Walsh real quick because I you said in Kevin's his top six made sense and he had Jared Walsh at number seven. So I'm guessing you're a little lower on Jared Walsh. Well, yeah, and you can go over my rankings if you want. Now, I've got him there at eight, and he's a guy that really wasn't a terribly highly rated guy before he broke in, but he really bashes right-handed pitching, and if Mike Trout's there to hit in front of him, he'll probably get another 15 to 20 RBIs next year on top of what he got this year, and I completely agree with both of you with – Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Freddie Freeman as the top two, unequivocally, undeniably. Vlad Jr. wins an MVP if Shohei Otani doesn't give you something that baseball has <laughs> never seen before. 
Yeah. And Freddie Freeman is, again, ju- ju- almost just as good. And I have Goldschmidt there at four. I have Olsen at three. Uh, kind of the same thing as, as Kevin does. He's a really good player. It looks like he's going to get traded out of the black hole that is Oakland in the Coliseum in terms of – I heard that. I heard that too. So if he goes to potentially the Yankees who have been – they've been linked to him for a while. I've heard that too. 50 home runs next year with that short porch just hit hit a pop-up that would go to – I don't know. Probably where the right fielder's standing in Oakland, and it's a home run in Yankee Stadium. Paul Goldschmidt's a guy that had a really good season last year. He gave you 12 steals, and that's not not, not what obviously not what you're looking for from your first baseman. That's the first time he did that since 2017, and just a for a guy that is playing first base, it's a little little cheap steal here and there. You're you're, all, you're always going to take that. Uh, Jose Abreu and Pete Alonso are. Go are both in fantastic lineups. They're both going to hit fourth most likely, and they're going to hit health if their health uh, helps them out and they and they stay healthy. They're both going to knock in driving 120 runs next year. Uh, Max Muncy, we already talked about. He flies under the radar a little for the Dodgers because there's so much star power around him, but he's a guy that shows up every day. And is a really good part of that lineup when it's going. Uh, Reeskins is a guy that I've watched a lot of. And depending on how he's going, he's either a guy that's going to win you a game in, in real real life and in fantasy, or you're going to want to drop him, depending on how he's going. <laughs> and he lost a little bit of that last year. He was more consistent. He was more, and that's because he was more aggressive at the plate. Uh, he, 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 but he upped his home run rate, he upped his hard hit rate, and he upped his exit velocity. So, if he can stay healthy, like you said, Kevin, he, I think he played 110 games last year, and if he can stay healthy, he's a guy that'll be very important, mm-hmm. not only to the Phillies, but a guy that. I think could outperform where he's getting drafted. He's currently 16th, ranked 16th on ESPN. And Joey Votto, it was kind of the same story. He's a guy that huge on base guy, led the league and walks a bunch of times. And last year he just went, I'm going to be more aggressive and I'm going to hit more home runs. And then he just did. Like guys can say, oh, I'm going to try and do this more. I'm going to try and lift the ball more. Not all of them succeed at it. Joey Votto went out and had his best season in as long as I can remember. So he's a, another guy that's 15th on Fantasy Pros, 12th on ESPN, that if he keeps the aggressive mindset, could give you another really good season here in the twilight of his career. All right, so... <clears throat> Real quick, uh, Vince, who are who, who are some of the guys that you have as value first baseman? Value guys, you know, I got Luke Voigt on the list um, because if the Yankees no. do make a trade, <laughs> if the Yankees make a trade, Voigt could be put in a spot where he's going to get the opportunities again. He's not going to get drafted high. Right now he's, I think, 188 overall. 
I, I think a lot of guys, at least guys that I play with, they're going to pass on that. And they're going to let him fall down the board a little ways. And, uh, and, and he's going to get put in a better situation with more playing time here before the season at some point early in the season. I think, I think he's getting moved. Now, he could go to Oakland, <laughs> and his, the, that ballpark may not be great for him. Uh, but he's one. You're not going to like any of my mine, uh, uh, Kevin. I got Nathaniel Lowe, Texas. I got him. Okay. I got him. Uh, he's down there, get about 215 in, in that ADP right there. Um, Patrick Wisdom in Chicago. Got him. I find him interesting as well. He's way down there in the 300s right now in ADP. Uh, Garrett Cooper in Miami, a 392 ADP. And then my man, Mike Moustakis, uh, he's down there at 372. He usually gives you multiple position eligibility as well. And, and again, these are guys that they're not going to be your stars. They're not going to be the guys that you have. They're going to be in your utility spot or using when guys get injured and stuff like that. Uh, but those are the guys that I have as my value picks. All right. So at uh, at the top of my value list, I got uh, Ty France of, of the Seattle Mariners. He also qualifies at second. He played 151 games a year ago, so you can put him in your lineup. Hit 291, had a 367 on base percentage. He's the 21st ranked first baseman and 155th overall, I think that he can far exceed that if if the Mariners, you know, they had, you know, they were in it right up to the end last year. So if they can continue that, he will be one of the key guys in that. And then I got uh, Cronenworth. We've already talked about him. And uh, they, they got him as 155th ranked player. I think that's way too low for him. I think that, uh, you know, you mentioned it first, second, shortstop. You know, you plug him into your lineup somewhere, anywhere, and he'll he'll be there for you. And then I've got uh, you talked about Nathaniel Lowe. I got him. And I got Patrick Wisdom. I got him. And uh, the last guy I'm going to mention, Trey Mancini, also of Baltimore. And so you know, when you talk about how terrible Baltimore was, they had Mancini, they had Mountcastle, and uh, the outfielder. Uh, his name escapes me right now, but uh, which it shouldn't. Uh, he was Santana? No, not him. You're talking about the young guy, Mullins. Mullins. Thank yeah. you. He was on my team a year ago, so I should remember him. But uh, they can have a pretty decent batting order. So, and uh, so those are my uh, value list. Uh, who do you have, Dan? Well, mine started with my nine and ten guys, and Reese Hoskins, Joey Votto. They're guys that are. Towards the, in the mid mid teens in in most rankings, and I'm a little higher on both of them. Uh, the the next guy is Spencer Torkelson, and you know first I've overall pick a couple years I've ago, and the guy is a professional hitter. I, I think the Tigers are done trying to make him a third baseman. I don't <laughs> think that was ever going to work. He's a guy that probably not in the too distant future is a guy you're just plugging in at DH. And just letting him go hit every day. Uh, he played 40 games at AAA last year, which is a lot more than I thought. I wasn't even aware he was that close to the bigs last year. And he's a guy that his walk and strikeout rates are almost identical. And in a time where we're talking about Joey Gallo and how many times he's striking out, that can be very valuable, especially in leagues that count on base percentage and in one of my leagues you get you strikeouts count against you for hitters so he's a guy that you might not need to pick him because 
who knows what the who knows what the rules look like on service time. He might not start in Detroit, even though he definitely should. But he's a guy that when he comes up, have him keep an eye on him because he he could come up and and light the league on fire for a little bit. And the other two guys I have are Bobby Dahlbeck, who if the Red Sox don't bring back Kyle Schwarber, he's a guy that will get most of the at-bats at first base. A guy that they seem to think pretty highly of, didn't have a good season last year, but looks like he could get another chance at first base this year. And then the last guy is a guy that I always seem to have, the last three or four years, I've always had him on my roster at some point, and it's Yandy Diaz. He doesn't give you a lot of home runs. But in leagues that count all base percentage. I don't mean to laugh at you, Dan, but it, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. As soon as I, you put him in your lineup, then he goes south. Yeah, he's a Great guy work. that oh, last seven games, 450 on base, three home runs, 10 RBIs. You're like, oh, that looks pretty good. And then he goes, you know, 210 on base, no home runs, one RBI over the next 15. And you're like, well, that was probably a bad idea. But he's a guy that if you get him when he's hot, he can give you some value. Obviously, you're not going to be drafting him, but he's a guy that. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. If the Rays give him the at-bats, he's a guy that can get it done for short stretches of time. It's you obviously have the risk of he does really poorly for you for a couple a couple days. All right, so I want to make sure we get to our third base list. But uh, Vince, go ahead and give me a a guy that you have do not draft first baseman. Uh, Joey Votto. Um, <laughs> there you go. I'm with you, uh, man. Joey, I'm with you. Joey is uh, listen, and I live close to Cincinnati. I hear all the positive things about the Reds. I hear all the negative things about the Reds. Joey Votto is one that now. I say this with the NL now adopting the, the DH, that's going to be a positive for Joey Votto. Uh, if he stays in Cincinnati, that's going to be good for him. I think he gets moved. I don't think he stays in Cincinnati this year. I think eventually he gets moved somewhere. Uh, Boston is a, a, actually a place I've heard his name pop up before. Um, if he can go somewhere in DH somewhere and he gets in the right spot, maybe it works out. I'm so anti Cincinnati this year for fantasy guys. Um, you know, I've got I got Eugenio Suarez on my do not draft third base list. So okay, uh, now we're it, getting somewhere. Yeah, so when it comes to the Reds, <laughs> uh, but I said Mike Mustakis right as a value. So there's one guy. But uh, so Joey Votto's one. I think he's going to get overdrafted. That's why I say don't draft him if he's there as the number 16, 17 first baseman. Well, then yeah, he's an obvious pick. But um, if he, in my opinion, fifteen or north, uh, I think it, I think I, I'm staying away from Joey Votto. Outside of that. 
I think all first basemen, like I said before, are replaceable. You can find a guy, you know, in free agency, pick him up, add drop. All season long, I'm adding and dropping first baseman. So, um, you know, don't draft them. Just pick them up once they get hot. Yep, I agree with you, uh, Vince. Uh, I'm sorry, Dan, because I got him at the top of my do not draft list. You know, he's 38 years old now. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to decide to hit, you know, I'm going to hit with power. I don't see that happening two years in a row. So uh, I'm going to pass on him as well. And uh, also passing on Luke Voigt. Sorry, Vince, I'm not doing it. He, you know, just not. That's and, good. Uh, We're in the same league. It works out. It works out well. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, so Dan, who's at the, the top of your don't draft list? Well, I'm also passing on Luke Voigt, at least if he stays in New York, because it doesn't seem like they want him to succeed there. And the other guy is Yuli Gurriel. He's not getting picked that high, but he's I don't think he's a guy that's going to give you another plus 320 plus batting average again. Yep. And that that he's just a guy that I'm going to stay away from this year. One of those guys that, oh, maybe I can pick him up and then I'll just I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. Sounds fair. So we're going to switch over to our third baseman. And uh, I guess I'll lead that off once again. And uh, as I was saying about uh, Vladimir Guerrero, if you don't have Jose Ramirez at, at the top of your third base list, once again, start over. Because I'm out. Uh, he is by far the top of the third base list. And. He's a top five player in all of baseball. So, and one of the reasons why I'm going to say that because we you know we got all the stats here, but one of the other ones, you know, he had 27 stolen bases. You know how many times he was thrown out? Four, and that's all. So he gives you everything. He gives you power. He gives you steals, and so uh, the man is 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 excellent, awesome at third. So he's number one. Rafael Devers, I got him at Boston at number number two. 38 home runs, 115 RBIs. That explains all of that. Manny Machado, I got him at number three, even though, you know, as a Dodger, I can't, you know, get behind too many Padres, but uh, you can't argue with the numbers. He had 28 homers, 106 RBIs a year ago. Austin Riley, this is a guy for Atlanta who's a young guy, and he really came into his own last year. He played 160 games. So, you know, plug him into your lineup. And then uh, the old pro also with St. Louis, I got uh, Nolan Arenado. He still hit home runs, even though he's not in Colorado anymore. He had 34 home runs. He's had uh, 34 more home runs, 104 more, uh, five or 105 or more RBIs in six straight full seasons. Can't argue with that. And then uh, I got Alex Bregman. That is, of course, if he is healthy. At number six, he only played in 91 games, but we all know what he's capable of through a whole season. Then I slot in Chris Bryant. Here's where he lands on my list at third base. Uh, a lot of that has to do with what where he winds up, but uh, you know he he's a quality player. Then uh, we're going to cause some controversy right here because I got Wander Franco as a third baseman, and a lot of leagues won't let you play him at third, but. Uh, what I was looking at, he was qualified as a third baseman, so I slotted him in at number eight. He's just 20 years old. Who knows what this guy's capable of? He's, you know, capable of any of these guys. Then I went uh, old school once again. Josh Donaldson at third. He didn't have that great a season last year and still hit 26 home runs. And then at number 10, 
we talked about how you uh, are in with the Mets. And then I got Eduardo Escobar at third base. And uh, he had 29 home, 28 homers and 90 RBIs playing for Arizona and Milwaukee last year. If he, uh, he can do that in New York, I think. And so uh, that's my list. So Vince, chop away. All right. I got Josh Donaldson on my do not draft list. Uh, okay. And Eduardo Escobar. He didn't make my top 10. I did consider him. Uh, I like him. I think he's a good player, a good utility player especially. And uh, can definitely provide something for that team. And with the Mets improving, I, I got Escobar in that 11 to 12 range uh, on my list as well. The other guys are all on my list. We'll talk about them here in just a second. Got them in different order, but uh, but overall, agree with you on most of that stuff. Dan, your thoughts on Kevin's list? Well, yeah, Donaldson's a guy that I didn't have on my do not draft list. Well, I'm not going to be drafting him. But he's a little he's a little outside the top ten for me. And Eduardo Escobar too. He was in that eleven to twelve range, but definitely a guy that in a loaded lineup in Queens could have a really good season. All right, all right. So Vince, what do we got for you? Okay, before I flip to mine, I have to say, oh, I flipped. Oh no! <laughs> uh, you need to start I, over, Vince. Start I over. forgot Bregman. Somehow I overlooked Bregman. And didn't put him on my list. He needs to be on the list uh, 100%. And I just somehow overlooked him. So I apologize to Bregman um, and everyone else listening. Uh, my number one, I'm the I'm the guy that has to start over, according to Kevin. Yep. I, you got to start over, man. <laughs> I, I agree. You should, you should start over. Yeah. I'm going to keep a copy of this episode. And at the end okay. of the season, we're going to revisit revisit these okay. rankings. Um I got Manny Machado one, Jose Ramirez two. I think they are closer to a one A one B than in any other position that we have, um, and uh, that's just my opinion. Nolan Arenado, I've got three. Um, he came on stronger as the season came on in St. Louis, and I think he'll continue to improve. Even though I think Goldschmidt goes the other direction. Um, then uh, Chris Bryant number four. Some of that situational, obviously, are where he lands. But he had such a great season last year. I think he's going to carry that over. I think he'll put himself in a good spot when he does finally sign. It might be back in San Francisco, but I think he'll put himself in a good spot. I got Devers uh, there at number five, Wander Franco at six, Riley at seven. I like Austin Riley a lot, um, but I, I, Atlanta scares me a little bit, and uh, and so I'm a little hesitant to go higher than that for him. Moncado, eight. Then the two that are kind of off a little bit off the wall compared to most people, uh, your Urshela and Vigio, I, again, Bregman, I would put Bregman at seven on my list and knock Riley down to eight, Mikado to nine, um, and then I'd battle it out for Vigio or Urshela. I think I think Gio is going to have a better year this year. I think the Yankees are going to have a better year this year. I'm expecting Yankee hitters to be better, much better than they were last year. Vigio is a guy, again, I think he's, he's making that run for that top 12 or higher uh, list and just looking at the guys that were there and available, um, I think he's going to have a better year than the other guys that are in that nine to ten range. So that's why I put him up there as well. So with the exception of missing uh, Bregman, uh, I like my list. All right, so uh, Dan, let's uh, let's throw your list up there and see uh, what what you have. Yeah, Jose Ramirez at number one, especially if you're in a categories league. Like you said, Kevin, he's a guy that gives you steals. He gives you home runs. He gives you everything you need. So Jose Ramirez, for me, top five pick, lock it in. He'll just sit there and 
be a productive guy for you the whole year. Devers at two, this guy, professional hitter. And the fact that he can still play – the fact that he still plays third base adds even more value to him. He's an unbelievable hitter and gives you value at a position where you have a handful of them. Austin Riley, I didn't really think about it, but if Freddie Freeman leaves, that mm. could be a huge ask of, of of the Braves to ask Austin Riley to fill in right that to fill in in Freddie Freeman's spot. Obviously, Acuna coming back will help offset that. But Austin Riley had a fantastic year last year. But if he's asked to do too much, we'll see if he can live up to it. Uh, Machado at four again, just another guy you put there, you leave him there and he plays every day and he gives you great numbers. Arenado struggled a little bit early, probably because he thought it was, the air was real heavy. The first year out of Colorado, he probably could go up to two. If he, if he finds it again and gives you 40 home runs and a 290 batting average and, probably wins another platinum glove at third base. He's a guy that could look like criminally underrated here at five. Uh, Chris Bryant at six, it very much depends on where he goes. If he goes back to San Francisco, six is probably where he belongs. If he goes somewhere like Philly, he probably goes up a couple a couple spots because of Citizens Bank Park alone. Uh, Alex Bregman and Anthony Rendon are two guys that I kind of lumped together when I was doing this because both of them missed a lot of last season and both of them were pretty poor in the shortened 2020 season. So I put, I gave Bregman a little bit of an edge just because of the age, but when they're both guys that are really need to find 2019 form again, obviously Rendon did it when the nationals went and won the world series Bregman, a guy that despite his struggles and injuries last year, was still in a very successful Astros team. Justin Turner at nine. This is something that could look horrendous if we come back and revisit <laughs> this episode. But again, like you can doubt Justin Turner all you want. I've doubted him for the last couple of years. And he's a guy that just keeps showing up and keeps hitting the ball hard and keeps staying in a lineup that it almost seems like you're ready to push him. At, they're ready to push him out the door and let a guy like Gavin Lux or Trey Turner just take over there. But he just keeps hitting and not giving and saying, no, 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 like, he's 37, but he just still hit. He's, he was a late bloomer, and he's still hitting really well. And then Yohan Mankata at 10, a young guy, has lowered his strikeout rate a lot, and yet he put in a career-best walk rate last year. So if he can keep going with that progress, he plays in a really good lineup, and he's a guy that can give you value at a lot of different categories. All right. So there's a lot to chew on right there. So, you know, we are we are running up against the clock right here. So, uh, Vince, go ahead and give me one guy, value, one guy, don't draft. Uh, value. I like Candelario in Detroit. He's uh, way down the list, 263 ADP right now. Um, right that's there, where- if you can see it. <laughs> uh, do not draft. There's so many to choose from. Uh, I had Yanni Diaz. I had Josh Donaldson, LeMayhew, Suarez, and Hunter Dozier. I know you said for one, but I w- I'm not drafting any of those yeah. guys. 
Okay, so at the top of my list, um, I got Matt Chapman. He's a guy who uh, had a poor season, but I think he can do it. He can get back on the beam. Do not draft Eugenio Suarez. I will not be sucked into that man one more time. So I'm not going there anymore. So, uh, Dan, who who do you have? I actually one, have mine flipped. Value, one I've got, value. I've got Matt Chapman in my do not draft. He's a guy that I think is just a glove. We'll see if he gets – he's probably – it looks like he's going to get traded. So we'll see if he can go. He hit a good amount of home runs, but the average scares me off, and he's never been a great hitter. Suarez, I think, is low enough where you're getting value for him. He, there's no way he's going to be as bad as he was last year. He probably doesn't reach that 40-plus home runs again, but he's a guy that I think could have a comeback. And then just one more for value, and that's Alec Bohm. And this one is probably more of a hope for me. But he's got a new – but, again, he cannot possibly be as bad as he was last year. He was turning it around at well, the end he, of the year. Was hitting he had a pretty five. good season, Dan, if you remember, you know, the partial season before that. He played he pretty was, well, so I could see was, it. He was great. And if Devin Williams gives up more than one run in 2020, Alec Bone wins rookie of the year. Hmm. Just couldn't hit the ball hard. He doesn't lift the ball. But with Kevin Long, new hitting coach coming in, he's the guy that was – in Washington last year when Schwarber hit 15,000 home runs in the month of July. That's right. So if he can do anything like that with Alec Bohm, Alec Bohm is going to give you a lot of value. Thank you for tuning in today's Sports Stove Podcast. So sure appreciate you tuning in. Apologize for some of the technical difficulties we had today. Uh, but uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. You can always catch all of our episodes on the Sports Stove Podcast wherever you get those. And Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Belly Up Sports TV. Wednesday's episode, have a great loaded show with Eastern Kentucky University uh, baseball player, uh, Kendall Yule, who is a legit prospect, will get drafted here soon. So excited to talk with him. Talk with an assistant men's basketball coach and head basketball coach of the women's basketball team as they head into the A-Sun tournament this week as well. Uh, Dad, any closing words uh, for our fine listeners on this wonderful? No, I think we're good. Like I said, a lot of interesting things. You know, we've talked a lot, and we didn't mention it this time. and didn't need too much about Aaron Rodgers, but I kind of expect to hear something this week about that. So we'll see. Shouldn't be much longer. Definitely. Yeah, it should be about done with. Uh, a lot of good stuff happening there. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Until next time, we'll see you around. Hi. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.